Unencumbered by political correctness, undeterred in her mission to spread the truth, unafraid to be a true conservative, she's unapologetic, uncompromising, unwavering, and an undeniably powerful voice when we need it most. This is Rose Unplugged. You know, Mike Lindell is always looking for ways to solve everyday problems. What's one of the problems that we have every day? Towels that don't absorb I hate that. They look really pretty in the store. They cost a lot of money. And guess what? They just don't dry you off very well. Not the case with my pillow towels. How do I know this? Because I use them. It turns out that of all the towels, and we have a lot somehow, in my house, my favorite towels are the my pillow ones. They stay as fluffy as the first day I bought them, and they are very absorbent. Right now, you can get a six piece set. For only twenty nine ninety eight, you know that's a good deal. Go to MyPillow.com, click on the radio podcast specials, enter promo code ROSE. MyPillow.com, promo code ROSE. Or you can just go MyPillow.com slash ROSE. I promise you, you will not be sorry. You'll be dry. On this episode of Rose Unplugged, we asked the question, have social justice warriors taken over your church? Well, to answer that question is Lucas Miles. He's an ordained pastor, and he's the author of Woke Jesus, the False Messiah Destroying Christianity. Thanks so much, Lucas, for joining me today. I appreciate it. Hey, I'm glad to be on. Thanks for having me. You know, you as a pastor, there are a couple of you that I just, I respect so very much because you are unafraid to take on the issues of the day and through that, bring us to our, our salvation, talk about Jesus and unafraid to do both. And they're just a handful of you. But what I like about you is that you call out what's going on in this country right now, probably all over the world, just in terms of what is a real danger to true Christianity and America. So let's start with why you decided to write the book, Woke Jesus. You know, I appreciate that. And, and look, it's, it's not always easy. I understand as a pastor to, to address these things. There's always the fears of, is this going to drive people away? Are they going to leave my church or my, you know, if I talk about this, but I, I just think that, you know, as a pastor, I have an obligation to, do what I would call preach the full counsel of the word of God. And I can't pick and choose which issues I want to talk about. If my people are out there having to face these things, uh, my congregants are out there having to deal with these issues on a personal level, I have to equip them for it. And and I, I, I hope that more pastors kind of really embrace that ideology because we need every single every single pastor in this communication, really culture war right now uh, to help push back this, these false ideas. So, um, you know, I, I got into this, um, you know, as somebody who I've always been, been interested in philosophy and theology, of course, you know, in my background, but the political side of it was never quite um, uh, something that I was super passionate about. I probably could have, you know, been fine without it and probably still could be other than, we, it's such an important part of our cultural process that we, we don't really have that liberty to just, you know, abstain from, from politics anymore. This is, this is what's deciding the course of our nation, the course of our society, the course of our children's education, all of these things. So we have to be engaged. And so growing up here uh, and, and really, you know, now pastoring in my hometown in South Bend, Indiana, I watched the influence and impact of Mayor Pete Buttigieg uh, as he was mayor here in this area. And then in 2015, 2016, uh, I got a lot more um, uh, probably um, 
bold about the things that I was sharing. I really felt convicted that I was not addressing these issues directly enough from the pulpit, like probably many pastors out there still. And the Lord kind of brought me into this. And so uh, I started, you know, I, I did a series on what does the Bible have to say about? And then I did eight weeks on kind of all the hot button cultural issues from socialism to sexuality and gender to, you know, uh, national sovereignty, these things. And and ended up during that time period, we lost about 40 to 50 percent of our church that were offended because I was touching on areas that they held to uh, so, you know, from a from a from a sort of moral and sociological standpoint that contradicted the biblical position. And and we dropped down about 50 percent of our church. And at that point, I had a decision to either get serious about this and really move forward or to capitulate and and back down like so many others have. And I decided to really double down. And and my previous book, The Christian Left and Woke Jesus, are really the byproducts of helping others understand these important topics so they can really learn how to walk in these things today. I think it's so important now, if ever, to talk about the things that are really important. I, I worked in politics and and radio, political radio talk shows, for 20 plus years, Lucas. And I remember at the time thinking, you know, I am almost evangelizing, if you will, for the conservative viewpoint and politics. And I felt a little guilty that I perhaps should be talking more about Jesus or or putting all of my skill sets towards that end. And at one time I realized, you know, it's really not so much political. This, The things that I talked about were, in fact, biblical. You know, the things that mm-hmm. we want for this country, the the things that this country was established on were biblical values, where it was all about freedom. And, and that does not I, come from man. It comes from God and God alone. I tell pastors that all the time, you know, in the same way where, you know, um, God comes to Adam and Eve in the garden and says, who told you you were naked? I, I say to pastors, who told you that abortion is a political issue? Who told you that oh, that marriage and sexuality are political issues? Who told you that that national sovereignty is a political issue? All of these things have their genesis in Scripture. They all are theological issues first and foremost. God's created order, how God established marriage and covenant relationships. I mean, uh, you know, we could talk about things like sphere sovereignty and, and theology. and Like all of this, all these issues that we're facing today, they are theological first and foremost. Even what's happening right now in Israel, uh, this is, there's, there's theology that drives these things. And we have to first and foremost allow our faith to dictate our politic and not the other way around. If our politic is dictated, you know, dictating our faith, then we're in, we're in big trouble. We have to allow our faith, our theology, what we believe about God, what we believe about scriptures to drive the other decisions that we make in this life. You mentioned what's happening in Israel, and now is the perfect opportunity for pastors to take a look at with the congregation and explain to them how we got to this point. I mean, this is such a great teaching opportunity. I mean, you could go all the way back to Isaac and Ishmael if you wanted to, but I mean, this is a fabulous opportunity to teach the church, to encourage the church, but even more than that, prepare the church. 100%. I mean, look, this is what is happening over there. um, I think to many people, it just it's far away. It has nothing to do with us. And I would argue that couldn't be further from the truth. It is it is a lot closer to home than we realize. We have an unprotected southern border uh, with how, you know, tens of thousands uh, at, at minimum 
of, you know, illegals that have come in this country that that are of, you know, questionable backgrounds and questionable origins that we don't know who they are, that it could be very possible. And I don't want to just promote fear in people, but it's very possible that we could see another attack in this nation on a on a major level. I mean, we we have the the Pearl Harbors, we have the the 9/11s that have happened. Uh, we are not exempt from from attack. And and this is again, this starts with a theological framework. The church has to speak out on these issues. The church and Christians have to be involved. Most of the time, if if conservatives or Christians lose out at the polls, it's because they didn't show up. It's not because they don't have the numbers. It's because they didn't show up. And there's so many people that kind of take a sort of escapist mindset that I I think it's, you know, well, God's going to come and get me out of here so I don't have to worry about this. The Bible, you know, and really God calls us to occupy until he comes. We have an obligation to be good stewards of this earth and all the realms of authority that we've been given and I think that we are really, um, uh, we're really, you know, doing doing the world and God a disservice by by not being more active in our stewardship and our governance over these areas that He's given us, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, sort of authority or dominion in. And so um, this is this is relevant. It's real and it matters. And I think that you know uh, we could talk a lot about the the you know all the end times conversations, all those things. And, and, you know, I'm not I'm not here to say that Jesus is coming back tomorrow because of what's happened in the Middle East. But but certainly as a Christian, I think all of our ears should perk up and and we should be aware during these times. We should be praying for Israel. And ultimately, every Christian should be against what is happening. Uh, and, and, you know, there, there, there's no biblical way to support the atrocities that Hamas has participated in and to be pro Hamas as a Christian, that, that should be something that, you know, is complete. Uh, it, it should be, it's antithetical in every way to Christianity. Yet we have some Christians that are trying to make that case. And it's, it's really disgusting. It's also baffling to me, you know, a lot that you talk about in your book, when you talk uh, in woke Jesus, we're talking to pastor Lucas miles. And one of the things that you talk about in there is social justice, justice and that movement. And when you think about where we came from, you know, when those, our founding fathers left the world they lived in, to start a new country, a country where they believed they could worship freely. And they also believed, Lucas, that, you know, it was freedom that allowed them to obtain the most highest of success. And their mission was liberty. That was their goal. That was their mission. They left a culture in Europe that believed that greatness resided in in one station. But they believed that greatness resided in every human being and that all that was necessary to cultivate that was that freedom. Yeah, I think that's so important. And look, social justice is—it's really a Trojan horse. It's what—it's um, it, you know terminology that was used and sort of um, you know uh, a movement that was pulling on sort of these heartstrings uh, and sort of you know pulling on people's empathy for others. Which, of course, as Christians, we want to you know take care of the widows and the poor, and and we want to make sure that children are provided for. Those things should be just things that we do automatically as Christians. But but we're not doing those because God has special favor on certain people groups because of their skin color, because of their socioeconomic status. Uh, and really what, what social justice was is it was a Trojan horse that allowed a Marxist worldview to invade the church. And now we have sort of this plethora of, you know, Christian left or progressive Christians out there 
that have embraced a Marxist worldview that are are really you know trying to uh, conflate Christianity and Marxism. It's the same thing that happened with liberation theology, and this is being seen in the pulpit. I think every you know any almost any Christian out there today in America has probably heard a pastor that has said some radical things that that don't sound like Christianity from the pulpit. As Christians, we are called to love the sinner, but we are also called to hate the sin. And and this social justice framework that's really just Marxism in disguise is is attempting to rewrite that and 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 really paint anybody that holds to a biblical worldview as some sort of bigot or or you know um you know pharisaical you know individual you know as a result. As you're talking, I'm thinking so many Christians I'm sure would like to take a bolder stand or to be unafraid of speaking truth. And we're talking about the truth, and that is the truth of Jesus. And I I sometimes don't even know what to tell them myself because you are being censored for speaking the truth nowadays. You're being shadow banned. You're being attacked verbally, if not physically in some cases. What would you tell those Christians who want to be bolder in their faith but are perhaps a little afraid? First of all, great question, and I think that you're identifying that exactly right to the Christians out there that say, hey, I want to do more. First of all, it starts with where you're attending with your local church and where you're taking your family. You have to make sure mm-hmm. that you're not at a woke church and you're not even just at a neutral church. You need a church that is committed to standing strong for these things. I recently started an initiative called American Pastor Project. It's AmericanPastorProject.org is the website. And we invite two groups of people to come there. The first group would be pastors. Anybody that has any sort of hand in ministry, you could be, and we define pastor pretty broadly for sake of this project. You could be a, a Sunday school teacher. You could be, you know, a Christian podcast host or radio host who certainly qualifies for that as well. We want anybody that's addressing Christian issues or touching Christian doctrine to make a commitment to only teach biblical ideas um, and to, you know, which really line up with historic Christianity. This should work for virtually any denomination. And also those who are willing to take a stand and make a commitment against wokeism from their platform, whether it be physically or digitally. And so we have about 500 plus signers that have already signed this pastors across the country that are standing, you know, in their own uh, location, at their own pulpit, who are committing themselves to to biblical orthodoxy. And so uh, the second group of people we invite there are, you know, uh, people that are looking for a good church. And so you can go there and you there we actually have a map where you can look for churches near you who have signed the statement and have made their voices known. And you can see if one of those churches, you know, is in an area that that's close to you. And so um, and the other way that you can utilize this is if your pastor has not signed it and you're attending the church, you could take this to your pastor and say, hey, what do you think about this? What would you think about signing this or our church getting involved? And if your pastor won't sign it, there's a good chance you're at a woke church. So it's a really good litmus test for that. And of course, if people want to make donations, if they want to help out with what we're doing to reach more pastors and really, you know, reset, you know, the direction of the church here in America, they can do that at AmericanPastorProject.org. Well, I find that that's I love that you're doing that. That's a wonderful project to take on. I know a lot of people ask me oftentimes, where can I go? And, you know, right before our last presidential election, it was such an important election. I remember sitting in a church and the pastor essentially said, yeah, you know, Solomon said that governments are always going to be corrupt. So you should look for good moral leaders. And that was about the extent of it. But that was such an opportunity to 
to really, you know, drive home how important it is that we, you know, to just, we live in a free country right now. And, and I don't know how much longer it will be free. But yes, governments have always been corrupt. But this, this American experiment, it is quite unlike any other government. And if we wanted to maintain it and keep it healthy and, and may it yes. live a long life, then we, we have to do something about that. And that does mean speaking out in the pulpit, pulpit as well. Yes, 100 percent, 100 percent. You know, we've got we've got multiple initiatives like this that we're working on. We've also recently par- partnered uh, with Walt Heyer, uh, who's a famous uh, kind of, you know, infamous uh, detransitioner, maybe we'll call him well known. Um, he is uh, lived as a quote unquote woman for um, the ages of 42 to 50. And now it, at 83 years old is traveling literally still around the world letting people know the dangers of transgenderism, the destructive patterns, the destructive medical practices that are happening and helping people find wholeness and freedom in Christ. And so we've partnered with him recently with a website that uh, that we partner on called sexchangeregret.org. And so, you know, all of these things are very, they're kind of niche. Not everybody is necessarily, you know, not all of this touches every single person, but it's important that the church really look at ways holistically to help individuals in all these areas of society. There is going to be so much trauma walking into the church in the next five or ten years. Uh, people who have been, you know, affected by by you know drugs, alcohol addictions, pornography addiction. People that are coming out of the sex industry. People that are coming out of of lives of transgenderism. All of this is just adding a lot of trauma to our world. And and those individuals are going to be looking for hope here in the near future. And, and some of them are already looking for that today. And as the church, we have to educate ourselves on these topics. We have to we have to equip our body to be able to really receive people from all these different backgrounds in ways that does not compromise biblical truth, but yet it still extends love and value and dignity to them where they're coming in, where they are as we help them along on their journey. And this is this is a lot of challenging questions here and, and things that we have to find ourselves in. But I think it's so important. And, and I just can't stress enough. If you don't have a good church near you, find one online, you know, drive, drive 45 minutes, an hour, whatever you have to do to plug into a body of believers that are really going to commit themselves to these things and, and really, you know, help the church in the next several decades move forward to where it needs to be. Because we have a major issue right now, you know, with with the, uh, the direction that it's been headed. Looking for a church on your website, the AmericanPastorProject.org, we can find that at the same place, right? AmericanPastorProject.org. Yeah, so there's no okay. the, but just just AmericanPastorProject.org. Yep, correct. Yeah, and then, of course, people can head over to LucasMiles.org uh, as well if they want to find out more about me, order some of my other resources, um, have me out to speak, any of those things, they can get in touch with me there. That sounds great. So we're talking to Lucas Miles. He's the author of Woke Jesus, The False Messiah Destroying Christianity. Lucas, thank you, and keep up the good work. You're doing an amazing job. Rose, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it.